Welcome to the Save by Mother Earth podcast. I am your host, Heather Webster, and I'm so excited to be here with you today as we talk about connection and how it relates to spirituality and nature immersion. Today, I had the great honor of interviewing Jonna Watson. Jonna Watson is the host of the 5-Minute Inner Child podcast, and we talk about how tapping into your inner child can create more joy, awe, and just love for your life and how it can support healing along your journey. Good morning and welcome to the Saved by Mother Earth podcast. It's so great to have you here, Jonna. How are you? Thank you. I'm good. I'm doing well. There's been some illness in our family, but I'm I'm doing pretty well. I feel good. Yeah, that's great. Well, not the illness, but it's great <laughs> that you're feeling good and that yeah. everybody's kind of on the mend. And yep. it's just that time of year too, when things just kind of start popping up. We're inside more. Yep. Kids I- in school. <laughs> Totally. I mean, definitely not getting the sunlight that we used to during the summer months. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't help. Yeah. I've been really trying to harness and like find joy in the fact that the days are shorter, yes. but it's really like hard to like flip that switch, but also think like, okay, there's sunlight right. coming again. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, we're, we're switching it. I don't know when this episode will air, but yeah, switching into kind of the fall into I'm pretty far up North. So yeah, the days are much, much shorter, much less sunlight, but learning how to rest and learning how to kind of be in rhythm with the seasons is definitely a a practice of mine. It is. How far, where are you in up North? I'm in Northern Indiana. So, um, you know, I don't know the exact latitude, but I've been told by a local physician in town that we definitely live too far north to get as much vitamin D as we need. So, yes, I agree. I'm up in New Hampshire and it's the same thing, right? It, they pretty much say if you're a woman too, that's like your iron and vitamin D are just things yep. that you need to supplement. So, yep. well, it's so great to have you here. So if you would like to share a little bit about your story and kind of how you got to where you are and the work that you're currently doing around kind of wellness connection and all of that. Sure. So I, my, my background is I'm a school psychologist. I've been a school psychologist for 12 years now. I have four kids and they, well, my oldest will be 10 in about a week. Next weekend is his birthday. Then I have twins that are seven and I have a four-year-old, but as I, so the last decade or so has been very busy for me. Um, and what happened was I sort of hit a wall with wellness, probably physically first, although I wasn't paying attention much to my mental health, which I think goes hand in hand. Um, so there just came a point, you know, where you're, in that career mode and also having babies that especially the twins were kind of what put it over the head. (laughs) Um, I was in over my head. I didn't know how to ask for help. I didn't know how to do a lot of things. And I really wasn't used to paying attention. Um, I think it does kind of sort of begin with kind of just starting to get conscious of, oh, I'm making this decision. I was running on autopilot for most of my life. And 
so hitting a wall physically where I was not the kind of mom I wanted to be physically, I didn't have enough energy to do everything. Now, some of it was I needed to start asking for help. And I have a partner who's very helpful and I have a support system. And especially with the twins, that was a real turning point where I started to say, what's going on here? How can I, I don't want to live like this for one thing. I'm still pretty young. Like, um, how can, how am I going to do this for the next 60 years, hopefully, and, and be into my nineties and like still feel, I don't want to feel this badly in my thirties. So it was really kind of a, I, I think that just that realizing getting conscious of, wow, I'm having health problems that I really don't even understand. Doctors really were not super helpful with, like, I just had a lot of really weird, random symptoms. I knew it wasn't in my head. I was really experiencing a ton of energy law. Like I didn't have enough energy. Now I I do think there is that mind body connections and, you know, in the psychology world that I'm familiar with, it's called psychosomatic. So definitely if you're having difficulty with your mental health, it does manifest with physical difficulties, but my heart would race. Um, I just had no energy and it really, you know, that was really what prompted me to look into more and really become curious about what can I do? What are the things, the steps I can take to sort of make a turnaround? Cause I don't want to live like this. Yes. It's interesting because I like how you were talking about the physical versus the kind of the mentality or mental state of things, right. Or emotional state of things, because I think a lot of times it's like, Oh, the first thing to do is, Oh, you're not eating well, or you're not exercising enough. And those are such physical things. And I think it's the first thing that if you go to a doctor, they'll say, Oh, well, it's because you're not eating well, you're not exercising. And that's why you don't have any energy or, Oh, as you get older, you just don't have the energy that you used to have. And I hear that from women all the time. And I love that idea of like, that you took that a step back and said, no, this isn't right. There's something else going on here. Yeah. And, and that's where, especially when doctors really couldn't piece it together. I'm like, well, I've got to figure this out. Like, I, I mean, they're the, they're supposedly, they're the ones that are the experts. I'm going to them for, for help. Now there were some people along the way that were helpful in terms of like, just one of the, I went to more of like an doctor of osteopathic doctor, I think, which is more holistic. And she said, well, you know, I don't know. It's like most of the population in America is deficient in magnesium. You could try that. And that, that was, that is helpful. And it's something I still take, but, um, it really went back to now there, and there are some changes I've made with my physical health, but really what it came down to was a lot of emotional stuff that I had not dealt with or, and mindset things. Um, so it was, it's been a work in progress. I think I still on a daily basis, it's a practice and a muscle that I've developed with learning to interrupt some of those loops that we get into. And, um, kind of become more conscious of the decisions I'm making. Yeah, for sure. And I like how you were able to ask for help. That's something I think women have a hard time with sometimes is saying, this is a lot. I mean, twins with an older child right, is so sure. much at that time, right? And it, it's, it was so much. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's hard to say, I need help, especially if you're asking outside of your family, 
sometimes I think it gets even harder because you're kind of feeling like I should be able to do this. I'm a mom. This is something I should be able to do. Right. There were a lot of those beliefs. In fact, if I hadn't had the twins, I mean, I, I do sort of look at that as like, that was my you know, opportunity that I had to learn that. I think the universe sort of gives, keeps giving us opportunities until we learn them. That's my belief on that because with my first one, I didn't even, it did not even occur to me to ask for help. I I don't know why even like, I don't know why I thought I had to do it all. And I know now that that is something that women, a lot of women, whether it's with kids or just even with life, just don't really ask for help. And so it didn't occur to me. I wasn't, that wasn't a model I was raised with. So yeah, I I don't know if I I'm glad I'm thankful for it now. It's been a hard journey, but I I'm thankful to be where I'm at now. So you mentioned kind of where you are now. Can you discuss a little bit of how you got into this like inner child work? Right. So I think that, you know, as I, you know, being a mom and also school psychologist, I'm supposed to be an expert on kids. Well, again, as I was in the midst of all of this, I realized that my energy is really contagious and it's not something that's talked about as much. The idea of co-regulation that other people regulate off of you, that in order to do what's called like self-regulation, which is something that I work with like lots of referral, like lots of referrals come to me because kids are not self-regulated. They can't self-regulate, but kids regulate off of the energy of the caretaker or the adult or the teacher. And so the co the idea of co-regulation was something that I began to realize because I saw it in myself and my kids and realizing, wow, if I do not do some work on myself, my kids, it reflects. And so I really began to start to um, look at that piece and look at more of that self-care aspect of play and of how the inner child, I think a lot of times is associated with um, kind of like trauma and stuff, but the inner child has access to delight, which is play and, and really connecting with the things that light you up and that make you come alive and give you energy. And so I began to sort of incorporate that more. I mean, I've always been kind of a creative person, but I really got disconnected from some of that, especially just adulting. We have a lot, you know, and I think especially this sort of American lifestyle of uh, go, go, go productive to-do lists, all these things um, just sort of got neglected. And um, so I was really starting to return to the things that, I remember about myself and it really makes all, it it has made a big difference for me. It's something that intrigues me because I do love what happens when we let ourselves go there. It seems to be a space of just all kinds of just not, not just insight, but also just you get into a flow. And I, I love that. That's just so rejuvenating. And it's something that is, is a practice of mine for sure. Yeah. I was talking to a shaman recently that I interviewed and he interviewed me. And one of the things we talked about was he loves to talk about altars. And I love altars too, of like just spaces in the house that represent 
different things, right? Like it could just be a shelf. And I was telling them, I was like, I, right before I got on to be interviewed by him, I was outside and it like, I got this message in that I needed to make an altar to my childhood hmm. to remind me what it was like when I was just so joyful yeah. and so playful. And that I have pictures of me with like a huge smile on my face and I'm outside. And it's like, when I thought of that, I was just like, how cool would that be to put that in my, where I sleep, right. Have that in my bedroom where when I wake up in the morning, it's a reminder of who I was and who I could be again Yeah. and finding play in kind of everything that you do. Yeah. And I don't think, like you said, as a society, we're kind of trained to stop playing by a certain age. And they even take like the playgrounds away for kids and it's getting earlier and earlier as they switch the fifth graders to junior high. And I know how how do you find play within your day? It it might be a little bit easier because you have a four-year-old. So sometimes you, (laughs) but how do you play that you really enjoy that lights you up in your day? So one of the things I recently did was, um, you know, I did my five minute inner child bingo. I did inner child bingo for, I turned 40 last month. And so I did like a Facebook group and kind of, because I wanted to celebrate my birthday all month. I couldn't really do a big party. And so I was like, how can I involve like tons of people who live far away? And like, I want like more than a one day thing. So, and I also want to keep practicing this. So I did an inner child bingo month. Um, that was really fun and, and had like, a bunch of people play along with me. And it was all about taking even just five minutes a day to check in with your inner child and say, what would delight me? And, um, for me, you know, I tried to come up with lots of activities because just for that variety of bingo and also to give other people inspiration too. But for me, the things that I continue to go back to are a lot of the same things that are things like singing or, um, writing, cooking and baking, those kind of things are so easy for me to find delight and joy. And so those are the things I return to the most often, but, um, yeah, just there's like, I, I think that there's so many ways it's so much easier than what we make it. I think it it is really pretty easy. A lot of the things are right in front of you. Like one of my favorite fall things is stepping on crunchy leaves. Like that's most for most of, well, depending on where you live, I mean, that's right outside your door. It's free. It doesn't, it's just letting yourself be there in the moment. And just those are crunchy leaves. You know, it brings me a lot of joy and it did as a child, but, um, other silly things like walking in sync with my daughter, like that as a kid would crack me up. Like when I would walk, like, you know, in sync with some, it was just so funny. And so I tried it with her and it did, it cracked her up just like it. And I was like laughing by the end. And it was like, this is so easy. Why do we not do that? Like, why did I not do that for 30 years? So, right. And why do we make it hard of like, I can't, oh, I can't wait for that vacation or that trip coming up right. versus like, I can't wait to get outside to step on some leaves, step on some leaves. And yeah, I think we make self-care into like this has to be a massage or a vacation, a trip, or like a, a facial, something that's harder. You have to make an appointment. You have to take time away. And this is like, I hope we all have five minutes. Like the idea was to make it super accessible to, to me 
for one thing, but also to other people, because I realized this is a really universal thing. As I started doing it and telling people and my friends would be like, this is really fun and it's really easy. And it's, um, we just make things so hard, right? We make so hard. We have, it has to be on a to-do list. Now I will say to remember to do it. I do put it on my to-do list so that I get it done, but not in a way of like, Oh, I have to call and schedule this. Right. It's more of just a reminder of like when you wake up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that you use the word delightful or it brings you delight. Right. Because I think so many times people use just simple, like what makes me happy, but the word delight or delightful just brings a whole nother meaning to it right? Like it, for some reason that it lights it. When I think of that word, it lights me up. Yeah. It's not a word we use that much, right? Right. Yeah. I start, I I don't go ahead. ahead. (laughs) I start every morning with a dance party or try to, um, this morning it was to Dolly Parton. Um, and I just put different music on every morning and just like, it's, and just kind of do whatever I want when the music's playing. And sometimes it will turn into like a dance party slash putting some stuff away. Sometimes it's a dance party and cleaning the dishes. Sometimes it's just a dance party. And yeah. it's, there's something about that that starts your day off in such a moving way because you're, you're getting your blood flowing, but also it just feels so good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I do that with like chores around the house. I usually put on music and I just belt things out. And before I know it, it, it's one of those things where you sort of lose yourself in the activity. And, um, before you know it, it's, it's done. And, and yeah, I agree. It's, it's something that I need more of. I I'm glad I've reconnected in that way. And I'm trying to sort of share that because it's a lost art, I think. And it shouldn't be, you know, I just don't think it should be. We always, uh, I worked with children as well. I was an early childhood educator. So worked with a lot of kids, your youngest age, um, like anywhere from two to five, pretty much. And we always wanted to make transitions fun for them. Right. It was always like, how can you make cleaning fun by singing or giving challenges? But yet then as adults, it's like, we hate chores because we don't make it fun anymore. I, I feel the same way. I mean, anytime, well, I could go in so many directions with that. For one thing, from zero to five, we learn all of these big, big skills like walking and crawling and talking and eating and toileting without without it being um, like something we have to like sit down and learn. It's made into something that's fun. It's made into something that's that is a game and you're encouraged to kind of make mistakes as you go. You're encouraged that parents are not surprised when you fall down the first time that you walk, they're like, you're doing it. You're doing it. And they make it really fun. They cheer you on. And, um, and there is something that we lose when, especially when we begin to think that that has to go away in order to not just learn, but to live life. It it really, I think that's what ages you. (laughs) Um, because, you're losing that, that sense of connection with, with who you were. And so I, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, totally. You mentioned you love like going outside and the crunching of the leaves. Do you find that you're more connected to your inner child or to yourself when you're outside? I love nature hiking. Um, when I was a kid, we had a Creek in the backyard. And so I would explore and I would pretend that I was like on this grand adventure. And like, I was about to discover something. Um, it was just all very, you know, 
grand. And, and so I think that does take me back a little bit just to, for one thing, my five senses, I get really present and I'm able to connect that way. So, but I do think it connects a little bit with my inner child. Cause that was a lot of what I was raised with was exploration. We had a lot of just privacy where we could explore the, there was like a forest and a Creek. So it was just, it was really, yeah. Being in nature is something that definitely connects me to myself. I love that you call it a Creek. Cause that's what do you call, call it? up here. We call it, call it a stream. Oh, really? Oh, I, I, wonder if there's a, I wonder if there's a difference between a stream and a Creek. Oh, I but don't it know. brought me back to like a Tom, like a Tom and Huck, like Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn type story. When you say Creek of like, I'm totally picturing like the babbling or the, was, they also call it a babbling, babbling brook. Yeah. <laughs> babbling brook. We, <laughs> um, yeah, there's like little, yeah, it, it is very, it's like, it is a very whimsical place. In fact, that's the the place that we're flipping right now. It's my childhood home. So it's been really interesting this past year that we've been working on that project to be there and to sort of be immersed in that. And then, and that's been, that's probably a whole other conversation. Yeah. Has that helped, has that helped tap into, has that helped with some healing or has that helped to help tap into like your inner child. Like, how does that kind of going back? Like my mom still lives in the house that we grew up in. And we talk sometimes about like, if she's ever, if, if she decides to move, what that would feel like. And at this age, I'm kind of like, Oh, whatever works best for her. But I'm thinking going back and flipping to sell all the memories that would come up and how healing, but can you speak to that? Like, has that been it's been, um, so my, my dad passed away like 16 years ago and she had the house and was trying to keep it up. And, um, then she married, remarried, moved out of state and she was renting it and rentals sort of went by the way she was far away and it was a lot to keep up on. So there was a lot that needed to be done. And when she needed to sell it last summer, we were like, you know, it seems like a good thing for us. We needed to do some kind of investment. So we decided to buy it. And, um, that is exactly what happened. We, we have actually been deciding for the past year, we would go back and forth. Do we want to keep it? Do we want to rent it? Do we want to sell it? And finally, a couple of weeks ago, I got a ton of clarity by going to the ocean. That's my, that's my space. But, um, I got a ton of clarity that we are going to sell it, but yes, the, emo- the healing and things that have come up. And I do think it probably has sparked something that's really, um, been things that I've needed to deal with that. Yeah. When you start to change things or bring up those memories. Yeah. There's been definitely a lot of that this year. So it's been a, a journey. I, we're going to list it in a week and it's, it's nice to be able to close that chapter. But I do think when I went into it, I probably had had this fantasy of wanting to change, uh, want, I wanted to restore it, but I think what I wanted to do inside was probably heal some things on the inside that I wasn't totally conscious of when I the chills. went into it. <laughs> they just gave me the chills. I don't know. There was something about that, that like whoop, all goosebumps. It's, um, yeah, it's been a real, I, I, I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's amazing how little we're conscious of. So I I think that had I known how, how painful it would be, you know, you just don't know. And, and I think that allowing the journey that's been powerful. Um, but I think it's time to let that go. That's how, and I'm glad I have clarity on that now, but yeah, it's been quite, 
quite a process. And that's what life is though, right? A process. I think when you let that be the process and not try to control the outcomes, that's where a lot of beauty can be found, I think. Mm -hmm. And I think when you do that, like when you're working on something physical, whether it be your childhood home or you're doing something that just requires a lot of, right? So for children, a lot of times we'll say for the kids that really need to work on kind of proprioception and all these other things, we say, use that, do that big body work. Right. And so I think when for adults too, sometimes when you do that big body work where you're moving stuff and doing renovations and changing a physical space, like I think it opens up the gates a little bit to kind of let some of that weakness and say weakness, but it's not weakness, but like some of that trauma or some of that some of those things that have been, that you've struggled with, that you didn't even know that you were struggling with, it helps them come out. And if you just kind of let them pass through, yeah, heal them a little bit. Yeah. I, what I've experienced is kind of almost, I didn't know there were energy blockages that I had, that it sort of started to move that energy through me. So feeling that And I think a lot of times, even when you talk about like trauma or whatever, it is body-based, like we store everything in our bodies. And so a lot of times when you're going through, you know, again, that mind-body connection of when you're having physical problems, beginning to work through, sometimes it gets worse before it gets better because you are starting to feel the stuff that you didn't let yourself feel for however long that you didn't even know. And it's not your fault. Like it's, it's just, it's our body's way of surviving and coping. And then, but then, you know, when you get conscious, you, you, you have the ability then to start to process that information that was a little too big to process whenever it was that it got stored. So, yes. you know, you, you, you don't want to feel too much shame about that. You know, like it's not a shameful thing. You're now you're at the place where you can process that information that was just too big to process when you were a kid or when you were, you didn't know what you didn't know. So yeah, that's the I- way I think. I love that. I also love where you were talking about how you went to the ocean to get clarity Mm -hmm. and again, getting outside and really getting like letting that come to you. I find that all my insights, all most of my intuition, when I hear things now I'm starting to like, I can tap into it much more now inside, but before when I was kind of learning to reconnect with who I am, it all happened outside. And it's, I love how when people are like, are you an ocean person? Or are you a lake person or a forest person? And how different things resonate with different people. Yeah. I mean, I grew up going to the beach every summer and the ocean is just, it's such a healing place for me. And I was able to go with a friend, but, um, I had a lot of alone time while I was there too, because she, she's got a great spot, but she stayed in her place and then she would come visit. And so I had a lot of I had a couple of evenings to myself and mornings that were just so glorious on the ocean, but, um, yeah, just getting, I think it is, it's getting quiet, but then also there's something that just, I don't know. It just provides a lot of clarity. I can't really explain how that works. Yeah. And I think with the sound of the waves and all of that, like crashing and the smell, like you're touching so many senses. I think you do have to get super, I mean, so much of this is about getting present, right? And you have to get present with your five senses and you can't really ignore when you're at the ocean. It's such a sensory experience. So it's hard. I I think, and maybe that's part of it is that 
is that your five senses are so engaged just anytime you're outside, but especially I think the ocean just, um, there's so many in so much input. Right. And it's interesting because I find, um, I grew up near the ocean, probably about 20 minutes from the ocean. And I, I get much more engaged in, in the woods Mm. and I, it's interesting. And I don't, I write. And so I, I, maybe it's just, I haven't tapped into and practiced much of the ocean. It's more of just, I think of the ocean, whenever I think of the ocean, I think of like all the work it does for cleaning off the sand. <laughs> and so, when, yeah. right. And, but at the same time, like I like going there as a memory of my childhood. Mm. And so I always go by and like, kind of ex- like sit, like walk the wall and kind of enjoy yeah. that. But I moved up to New Hampshire because there's something about being higher up and being on the mountains and that. So it's interesting how different people like and can experience things differently. Right. Yeah. For me, I think what does it is that, I mean, just as I'm thinking about it, I think it's that I, I look at it with such awe. And I think that when you, when you're in awe of something, there is something that sort of, I don't know, you're maybe opening to a new way of thinking about things that you're really not aware of, but I always think I'm always so awestruck by, by how deep it is, by how far it goes. I'm just always like amazed by it. So I'm writing down awe. Cause I think that's like, there's something about that, right. There might be <laughs> right. That moment of wonder and that a mo- moment of greatness mm-hmm. and how that kind of brings you back. Right. So that's something that as a child, I think we experienced so much. I think that, and there is actually a ton of research out there on awe and it's like connection to kind of a contemplative or meditative state. So that definitely would make some sense in terms of the connection to the child, because kids are like amazed by everything. Right. I mean, like they, I don't know, they go through life just like, Oh my gosh, like, you know, look at this, look at this. And it's, they're just, because it's their new, it's their first time, whatever, experiencing it or seeing something. So yeah, I definitely think awe and just in that connection to almost like the flow or that contemplative mindset of, of being, being all there, it does something. And I, I think it's amazing. However that works, it's, it's definitely something that I'm intrigued by. I'm fascinated by all of those things. Right. And if we could be in awe with our everyday, right. Of like, how can you tap into that? So I have this, so there's a tree in my yard. I actually did a whole podcast on the tree, an episode, because I was just fascinated by it and how it kind of stands above all the others, Mm. but you know, it's supporting all the other trees as well. And so how you can tap into that. So you're in awe at every moment or almost every moment of your day. Yeah. I I mean, I think the more we can do that, life gets easier. I, I just think that, well, and I love trees too, by the way, (laughs) I, I kind of have an obsession with trees because I did, I did some homeschooling with my twins before. Well, it was pre pandemic. And then when everything sort of shut down, I was like, okay, we're not doing this. Like I'm not, ever going to do that again, because there was no, like, it's too restrictive, but, um, we were doing a whole study on trees and the root systems and how they're connected to each other. And it, what I like, 
I got a bunch of tree books. I I'll have to send you my list of tree stuff because I, there's this one that's called the magic and mystery of trees and just how they communicate and have these symbiotic relationships between each other. And I, I really started to see it as like this connection point between how we can be connected as people. And, um, mm-hmm. I just, and, and even, especially, I think that there's even with aging too, because like, we kind of like have this like aversion to it, I think in our culture a little bit, but like with trees, it's like, there's so the ones that are so grand and beautiful and everything, those are the ones that have been around the longest and like have them imagine if we didn't value that you know, they would all be like just these little trees. Like, you know, you do have to have this really deep root system and let it grow up big and tall. And I don't know, I I could go on it. I love trees. (laughs) Well, and I think what's so amazing right now is that we both have pictures of trees behind us. Right. And so it's like, (laughs) look at that. We both do. Is that funny? My poster says, and and she lived happily ever after. And so oh my a girl God. walking into the mountains with the fall leaves on I the tree. Love it. I love that. It didn't even, that it didn't even click till you said that. I'm like, yeah, I painted that like 10 years ago before my obsession with trees, but it was just, you know, something that inspired me, but there's a great documentary about trees also that talks about how we used to think that they compete for space and how it's more of that the bigger trees are supporting their daughter and son trees and Um, And then the, then throw in the whole fungi piece into it and how that's communicating and right. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the mushrooms and the trees and the mushrooms that have, yeah, that was the part of it. That is the, the, I, I love it. I love that there is this ecosystem that I think almost mirrors what we should do in life. So I started to see it as a metaphor of like, oh, like. Yeah. And then especially even the seasons of the trees and like what you're saying about the leaves and them changing and mm-hmm. in your beautiful painting. And that's where we're at right now. And I think that part of, um, you know, living up North, and I think I had mentioned this to you before that dealing with like seasonal depression was something that happened every winter, very mm-hmm. right. Like it was, I, I felt like it was totally out of my control until a couple of years ago, one of my friends shared with me like this book about eating with the seasons and also finding rest with this, like using seasons as like a way of life rather than like as a restrictive type of thing, which I always had viewed winter, especially here. Cause it's like six months long. Um, I viewed it as like a prison. And so the last couple of years, I actually haven't, I haven't experienced that, um, seasonal depression because now it's still today. It's very dreary. It's very rainy. But I think having that, A, the mindset, but then also um, learning how to rest. Right. You're not looking for the extrinsic warmth anymore because you're finding, you're learning how to find that warmth within your, within yourself and within your, your own system of support and your own connections. And it's just a different way of looking at it again, going back to trees. Right. Yeah. And looking at like how all the other animals take it right as a time for rest, right? Like they stock up, they stock up on the food that they need and then they're resting and they come out. Like I think of like the chipmunks in my yard and the squirrels. And I always love it. Like right when there's any kind of warmth outside, there could still be snow on the ground and they just pop their heads up, go find some stuff and go back down for rest. And like, again, we could learn so much from nature and 
It's true. It's true. I'm still, I, I still feel like I have a long ways to go with that because I do love the summer and I love being active and I love, so learning how to rest, that's probably my biggest thing, but I, you know, I've got a lot of work, you know, I've got the whole winter ahead of me to, to work on resting and to, to learn how to recharge and to listen to my body and all of those, all of those things. Actually, the interesting thing is one of my favorite times to go to the beach is the fall and the winter. Oh, really? It's one of my favorite times to go. Well, so because I grew up in Rhode Island, the beaches were really packed. Um, and so in the summer, and so for me going in the fall and winter was so quiet and I could walk the beach and I could be like, I would just bundle up. And there was just something about feeling that wind on your skin, but also like hearing the waves because they always sounded a little bit louder because it was like crisp and there's something I love about that's the time of year that I like to go to the beach and there's typically now snow because the salt melts it. And, and so it's kind of a nice time to go to the ocean for that. So, but I've kept you a long time. So what are some tips or ideas? Cause we could just chit chat forever. I know I Um, I'm flies by with you, Heather. It really does. I was like, Oh my goodness. Look at the time. Um, Luckily I get to see you next week too. I think it is. So do this again. So what are some kind of tips or tricks for the listeners to kind of tap into their inner child and kind of learn more about themselves? So I think that one of the easiest ways and the way that I'm doing right now is to do the five minute inner child practice. That is just getting quiet, asking yourself, what can I do for five minutes today? That would, that would inspire delight. And, um, the only rules are that it can't be tied to goals, outcomes, or any sense of worthiness. And so it's for pure delight. That's how I define delight. At least that's my definition of it. And, and that that's one of the practices I have. I mean, in terms of meditation, I do meditate. I think that that is a part of, uh, learning to get quiet, learning to uh, observe life rather than control it. Um, and I mean, in terms of practical things, I do use a, I, I use a light. <laughs> I, I have a sunlight of, um, light box thing for the winter, but, um, an exercise, keeping my body active, whether in listening to my body though, if I'm like, you know, in this time that we've had some little colds going around illnesses, you know, I listen to my body. It's not like I push myself if I'm, you know, it, you know, you really have to listen, start listening and, and be, and honor your body in a way that's like, okay, well, she doesn't have as much energy. So maybe it's just a walk today or just stretching or, you know, whatever it is that, that provides some blood flow and movement and moving your energy. That those are kind of the things besides also, I have lots of clean eating practices too, but, um, those are, those are the basics of how I sort of, uh, incorporate wellness into my day. I just got the image. I don't know if you used to be a friend's watcher, but I just got the image of Phoebe Oh yeah, <laughs> when she was running and she's just like, I just run how I did when I was a kid and I just keep doing it. And that's the image I got yeah. in my head when like that combination of like having fun while you run, obviously you don't have to be Phoebe when you're running, but like yeah. that idea of kids knew when to run, when to not they knew they just, they, they're so much more, they're plugged in, they're plugged into that flow. And 
one of my cards because I've created these little cards because I've found that it's harder for some people. I think for me, if I would have been asked to do this like 10 years ago, I would have really probably struggled. (laughs) Like, well, I don't have time to paint a picture. And I would have thought, oh, I need all this time to like, so I've, I've like come up with like this list and it's like, one of them is to run from room to room because that's what kids, like kids do that. And that, so I started like this huge list that I have now and I made into like little prompts. If you need prompts to get started on this. And if you pick a card that doesn't resonate, you pick a different card. But like the idea is to have a prompt to sort of start that connection so that it's not as hard as I think that it doesn't need to be a hobby. Like, I think we think, okay, this is a hobby, whether it's painting or something we have to be good at. This is not right. You don't have to be good at it. You can run like Phoebe. You could run from room to room. You can walk in sync with someone. You can step on crunchy leaves. You can make up a recipe. You can do anything that's going to bring delight for five minutes. And it's does not have, it's not a hobby. So I think that we just, we have this like adult mindset of like, okay, has to be this way. I love the, that idea of cards. I have like these, I bought these things at the store recently that are like ways to be that kind to people and you mm. can pull the stick. And that's what that reminds me of like being able to pull a card and just that day, that's what you can do Yeah, for five minutes. And so where can people find you and the cards? Um, if they're interested in following you or purchasing the cards or seeing what you have to offer. So I'm on Instagram at Jonna underscore Watson, and that's where I, you know, try to connect with people and put out, um, just, you know, information on, on what I'm working on with the five minute inner child. I also have a Facebook group that's still continuing to do some challenges. So if you want to search for that, you can look for five minute inner child. Um, and then the cards I made as a community, like as a community fundraiser for next week, I, that's a community market. I don't have them available online though yet, but I probably will since I talked about them today. <laughs> I, um, I, I have to keep, I, I only have a, like, I have a bunch that I'm doing for this fundraiser, but I think that I probably will. I have an Etsy shop that I'll probably list them on since I just told everybody about them. So, <laughs> um, I, that's, that's something that I will probably be adding, but they're not available yet. Okay. If you message me, I can get you in touch with them though. Wonderful. And I will put all of that information in the show notes as well. Okay. So awesome. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you. This was so fun, Heather. And we will see you next time. What a great interview with Jonna Watson. Jonna, thank you so much for being here. It was great to talk with you and to learn more about your inner child work that you are working on with all the people in your community. Feel free to find her in the show note links and follow her as well. And thank you for being here and listening. Before you go, I wanted to let you know of a free offer I have that's starting on November 29th. I will be offering a free boot camp on self-connection where we will talk about all things, how to connect more to your intuition, self-confidence, self-love, getting in tune with yourself so you can become ready to reach those goals that you might be reaching for. For more information on that bootcamp, please visit the show notes. I look forward to seeing you in the bootcamp and seeing you next time on the next episode. Until then, I send you off with love.